Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. No, my whakarongo, my key extra time. Koravinda Hunia Aho. This week... Super Rugby Grand Final Fever. Will it be the Crusaders or the Lions? We also look at seating controversy. Joseph Parker's promoters are calling foul play after the loss to Dillian White. And New Zealand women's hockey coach reflects on a disappointing outcome at the recent World Cup. Christchurch is in the grip of red and black fever ahead of this weekend's Super Rugby final. The Crusaders will face off against the South African Lions in Christchurch on Saturday night, but the competition has already faced its fair share of controversy over seat sales, and tickets on Friday were still available for the final. Logan Church has more. Fans RNZ spoke to on the streets of Christchurch were amped ahead of the game. Yeah, been a bloody good season. Uh, bloody good season up the Saders. Can't wait to see them uh, bring it home. It's coming home. Oh, I love the Crusaders. They're amazing. Why is that? Oh, they're just pretty good looking and just love watching them run around the field. Oh, yeah, been a bloody good season really all around this. Um, full credit to the boys. Uh, you know, and it really hasn't been a game two seasons. It's just been a real dominant season for the boys. And, uh, yeah, just real real proud of them. Well, I'm just excited to, to see the, uh, the New Zealanders continue to show their dominance over the other over the South African teams. Are you doing anything special for the uh, for the game? Well, I tried, uh, had a look at getting tickets, but the, the only tickets they had were in the end stands, so I guess I'll be uh, saving my money and spending it on food at the pub. 30 points to 12, and they march into yet another final. It's the first time in a decade that a Super Rugby final has been held in Christchurch. The Crusaders earned their place after smashing the Hurricanes 30-12 to 12 last weekend while the Lions roared ahead of the Waratahs, beating them 44-26 to in Johannesburg. The Christchurch Mayor, Leanne Dalzell, says she will be among those in the crowd tomorrow. Well, I'm hoping that uh, it's going to be a sellout crowd on Saturday. Uh, it wasn't a sellout for the semi-final, but gosh, it was a great game, and everyone who wasn't there, they really missed out. I thought, thought the atmosphere was absolutely electric. That issue over ticket sales has proved to be a thorn in the side of what has been a successful Crusaders campaign. Some of Christchurch's rugby scene are blaming the current temporary stadium for driving away punters, with large empty spaces in the stands during last week's game. All Blacks coach Steve Hansen waded into the debate this week over the proposed new Christchurch stadium, saying the city needs it as soon as possible. A spokesperson for the local economic development agency Christchurch NZ, Lauren Heafy, says the way people want sports is changing. Digital media and broadcast does impact visitation at live events, but there is nothing better than seeing a sporting event live. Like There really is nothing more exciting than watching your team win, and you've got to be there in person. Leanne Dalzell agrees, adding that an improved permanent stadium with a roof 
could help drive sales. I think people are saying that they really do want to have uh, a roof over their head. We used to go to the rugby in the afternoon, now we go at night. It's a completely different experience. But outgoing Crusaders chief executive, Hamish Riak, says he's expecting this final to be a sellout. They're looking really, really good. We, we, will, we will sell this game out. Um, we're, we've got a few hundred left. They're still um, you know, steadily um, going out the door, so I'm really confident we'll have a full house for, for Saturday night. This is Hamish Reak's last game as head of the Crusaders. He's trading game plans for district plans as the Ashburton District Council's new CEO. He's led the franchise for almost two decades and says he's leaving it in good shape. I think it's in a really good heart. There are, there are always challenges. There's you know, the competition uh, commentary about what might be the best way to have Super Rugby structured. That clearly uh, needs to be resolved over the next little while. Uh, we, we've talked endlessly about uh, the need for uh, Christchurch to have a, an arena or a stadium that it can be proud of for all sorts of events. You know, we're part of that story. Kick-off is at 7.35 tomorrow night. In Christchurch for Morning Report... Call Logan Church, Tanne. In continuing that theme, RNZ's Barry Guy and Joe Porter are here to discuss the final. Do the Lions have any chance? And the All Blacks, who will start at first five and who will fill the midfield hole for this month's Bledisloe Cup tests? Oh, well, Joe, the Super Rugby final, the Crusaders uh, have been the team to beat all season. Uh, can you see any reason why they shouldn't go back to back this weekend? No, to put it very simply, the Crusaders are what outrageously short odds to win this weekend's final. Defending champions back at the Christchurch Fortress where they've never lost a playoff match, although they haven't had a final there in a decade. Uh, 14 match unbeaten run, a couple of slip ups this year against two very good sides. They've rectified those problems and beaten those two teams again recently. And they went over to Joburg last year and upset the Lions in Joburg. So. To think that the Lions could come and do it over here after the season they've had, they've lost to most New Zealand opposition. I think they lost to the Blues as well, although they've had a good run into the finals. And uh, are the most similar to the Crusaders in terms of their structure and forward pack. They've got a very good set piece, so the line out in the scrum will be a good battle. Um, but the Crusaders' back line is better. The, the Lions have some exciting players like Yanchi's at first five, but if that pack doesn't go forward, he struggles always has in big games, so if the Crusaders get any kind of ascendancy in the forwards, which you'd expect they will on a chilly night in Christchurch, then the Lions' back line should struggle to fire. Uh, it's rugby. Anything can happen. You know, you talk about chances, the bounce of the ball. I spoke to Mark Robinson, former All-Black and Crusader, earlier this week. They went over to the Brumbies in 2000 and upset them in Canberra, and he said, well, the travel, all those things that the Africans are having to deal with coming over here, you can almost put them to the side. If there's that much collective will and collective belief within the team that you will win or can win, then there's almost no challenge you think you can't surmount. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not the Lions believe they can win. I don't know. Maybe not. Their coach is making noises. So, yeah, I think the Crusaders get up and win this one. It's rugby, though. It's sport. Anything can happen. If you look at the last two finals that they've been beaten in the uh, the Crusaders last year and then the Hurricanes the year yeah. before, yeah. the forward packs have got the edge, and that seems to be the difference. Steve Hansen this week called it a Rolls-Royce pack that the Crusaders have got, and that's you know just been the, the start of how they've managed to get their dominance. So um, that'll decide it. And when you look at that forward pack, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're all all blacks, and there's no reason why you know, they shouldn't um, do it again. Yeah, and Talisman Kieran Reed's back, and the team's so good you've got to leave uh, Wyatt Crockett out of the out of the side completely. The twenty three guys played more than hundred tests for the All Blacks, are getting close, you know. So 
um, yeah, it's quite an incredible side and they should roll on. And, and what a fantastic achievement should they win for Coach Scott Robertson, two years in charge. They'd been at their lowest ebb they'd been in a while and he comes in two titles in his first two years. He's got something about him, Razor. Um, yeah, I, the, it's going to be the Crusaders game to lose, that's for sure. And like you say, the Rolls-Royce pack, it's it's they're just it's hard to see it happening any other way. I don't know. What do you think, Barry, about Richie Moorung as well? He's been pretty impressive, again, behind a Rolls-Royce pack. He's a guy that many are suggesting should sneak in ahead of Bowden Barrett for a chance to start in this uh, rugby championship. But Hanson, again, sort of, I guess, put that theory to pay a little bit this week. I've probably watched more of the Hurricanes uh, this season than, than the Crusaders, and Bowden Barrett hasn't really starred uh, this this year. But again, I think that's because the Hurricanes hordes you know, haven't got the domination that they've had previously, whereas the Crusaders had. And Anna Hansen said that, you know, when you're going forward, the forwards are going forward, then, you know, you have more options, you have more time as a first five, and Moanga has looked really good. And that's good for New Zealand rugby. Um, Lima Sapawanga had a similar situation when the Highlanders were on top of their game also. Um, but I'm sure uh, uh, that um, Moanga will, will develop you know, it'll be interesting to see how he goes when, you know, things aren't going so well for him. And so, um, yeah, I possibly would agree with um, Steve Hansen is that, you know, you'd, you'd still start Bowden Barrett uh, and bring Mawonga on um, perhaps a little bit later on. Um, but uh, you talked about Damien McKenzie. He he really has been the star. Well, he was the star for the Chiefs. He he gave them so many options. He he ran the ball back. He he did so many things. So he is a player that you would bring on in the from the bench to make a difference. And Damien McKenzie can do that. We'd have to wait to see. I think whether Mwanga can do that. But all the signs are good for Mwanga for the future. Speaking of the All Blacks and future rugby championships just around the corner. No Sonny Bill Williams for the first two Bledisloe Cup tests at least. So, of course, that opens up the midfield to a few options. Really, that's the the major talking point, apart from Dane Coles being back, and good to see him back, and hopefully he does make a return for their last test or two. Uh, but, yeah, the midfield, without without Sonny Bill there, who do you go with in the centres? A, a lot of calls for Nani Lau Mapia to get his first real crack at starting in the All Blacks midfield. Yeah, uh, I like Ryan Crotty, because he's, he's solid, like a Conrad Smith sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so you'd have to, I think, I like you know, Lau Mapia as well. So can you... Those two, I mean, they played they played together before, yeah. So um, you know, give give them the opportunity to to play there. You know, Anton Leonard Brown is um, is very good, is, but so, hasn't impressed as much this season. Yeah, you, so you don't really have a big guy in the centres. Do you need a big guy? Maybe you don't. You know, I suppose Conrad Smith was tall, but Ma Nonu wasn't. You know, he was solid as well. well so and Lamarp is only what five foot bloody nine or something. He's just mm. built like the proverbial. So uh, you know, he he's he's not necessarily big like Sonny Bill, but he's big in other ways in terms of the way that he carries the ball. So I'm not sure if that's an issue. I just, yeah, it's whether or not Crotty and Laomarpe have had enough time together. Him and Leonard Brown, Crotty and Leonard Brown have. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Laomarpe given a nudge. Hurricanes Player of the Year again this year. One of the top try scorers again for the competition. He's, he was very impressive. I, I, I just quickly though, before we finish off, I think a number of the injury concerns that we had early in the in the year seem to have come right. There are still a few injuries as far as the All Blacks concerned, but. I, I had a concern when we had all those injuries earlier this year that what are we going to do in Rugby World Cup year? Do the All Blacks get more time off? Do they start the competition a bit later? Because, you know, 
you, you don't want injured guys there. But as I say, most of all the top guys are now coming back into it, which is the timing for World Cup next year. So maybe things don't need to be changed too much. That's Barry Guy and Joe Porter. New Zealand heavyweight boxer Joseph Parker's promoters at Duco are looking to appeal the decision of last week's loss to Dillian White after an unseen head clash in the second round, in their opinion, changed the course of Parker's performance and result. I spoke to RNZ sports reporter Clay Wilson and started by asking, do they have a case? Well, you would argue they do because it was a clear headbutt and what effect that had on Parker outside of what effect it had on the scorecards, which is which is pretty much clear that Parker was winning the round and would have run the round 10-9 and we would have had a draw. Um, the problem is it's probably a little late. Something like this, you would think, if it's going to have an effect, it needs to happen immediately, straight after the fight. Team Parker were very much um, complimentary of White. Although it came up after the fight, the headbutt um, and the incident, um, they didn't mention anything about a potential appeal or anything. They just obviously noted that it had happened and were disappointed about it. There's certainly grounds for it, but whether it's going to have any effect if it was to go through. And I guess that's what they're looking into is, mm-hmm. is A, uh, is there any way of actually appealing? They don't know through the British board if they can actually do that. The other thing is, is if they were to appeal, would it have any effect? And I think the short answer to that is no. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this is more just a way of Duco making a bit of a point perhaps trying to um, restore a little bit of reputation for Parker, just l- reminding people that this is what happened and we weren't happy about it. They probably know themselves that even if they were to do that, and even if they'd done it initially, I don't think it would have been overturned. It's just one of those things that happens in sport where an official hasn't spotted something that's happened. I mean, if the All Blacks uh, knocked on a ball and scored a try in a World Cup, Rugby World Cup final, mm. we wouldn't be going back for that. It's a similar thing. It's disappointing the ref didn't see it because we're never going to know what would have happened, but um, sometimes that sport's just the way it is. Do you know of any other boxing times when an appeal like this has been done or even been considered? Not in a fight of this magnitude. I'm sure, given boxing and the murky world that it is, at some point there have been results um, changed or overturned or wiped out, but I would doubt at this level there's ever been a result that's had that happen to it it just wouldn't happen there's too much on the line and it's it's just something that once it's once it's final it's final and especially four days after the event it's not going to have an impact not from what I can see you spoke about Duco wanting to keep that uh, reputation intact for Parker in terms of this loss to Dillian White which would prove quite significant for himself in the rankings so what will happen to Parker now sitting back and, and taking stock for a while. I mean, obviously, he's got to come back and recover from the fight and got a baby daughter to meet for the first time. So a bit of downtime, I would say, is, is the first thing. But I'm sure David Higgins will be in the background and already after the fight was talking about the fact that Parker has options for other fights. He already knows that, uh, despite the defeat. And there definitely is options. I mean, Joseph Parker by no means is a nobody now. Mm. Um, the problem is that there's a lot going on at the top of the division here and for him to get back in that conversation is going to be a fairly significant road. Obviously in the UK he's built himself a, himself a reputation. Team Parker's developed a relationship with Matt Trim and Eddie Hearn who are very powerful over there and have a number of fighters. So there's options there. Even Derek Chisora who fought on that card on Sunday 
and had a pretty amazing win over Carlos Tecum, who of course Parker has previously fought. Um, that would be an option in the UK. There's American options. Obviously, Parker looked at uh, Bryant Jennings quite closely before the Dillian White fight was confirmed. Jarrell Miller's another highly ranked American, and Duco has that relationship with top rank in the States. And then you look back home, there's been talk about Lucas Brown. Now, Lucas Brown is an Australian fighter who was unbeaten before he lost to White uh, in the fight White had before fighting Parker. Mm. So that would be an option here. It would be a, a big fight, whether that happened in Australia or New Zealand. So there's definitely is options. It's just a matter of when more than um, who. I would I would be surprised if Parker doesn't take a significant break. You know, it was three to four months between the Joshua fight, which is a huge fight, and another big fight against White. When Parker's ready, Higgins will have the options there for him, and they can discuss that. But I would be probably be surprised if we see him fight before the end of the year. And if, if he does, it'll be November or December. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of opponent he does end up taking. The New Zealand women's hockey coach Mark Hager says he and his squad need to take a step back and have a good look at themselves after their disappointing World Cup campaign. The Commonwealth Games winning Black Sticks failed to make the quarterfinals in London. The Black Sticks will now start a two-year countdown to the next Olympics and Hager, who's been in charge since 2008, says he also needs a break. To be honest, I do need a break. I need to get away from it, from it for a little while and, and reflect on you know, my role in this and, um, uh, and then yet restart again and uh, yeah, look at the next 18 months to two years and, um, uh, and look at our program to make sure that we've, we're, we're ticking all the right boxes to make sure, you know, that, that hopefully this doesn't happen again. Um, but, yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's a, I was talking to my assistant coach, Sean Dancer, after the game, and I go, what's worse, um, getting to the top four and missing out on a medal or being knocked out early? Um, uh, this is pretty much the same feeling. Um, it's pretty gut-wrenching, and um, you know. But in the end, as I said to the girls, there's not much we can do about it. Um, we just have to, you know, suck it up and and move on, and and now concentrate on um, uh, moving forward, and obviously have a b- good break and switch off hockey for a while, and um, then restart and get the fire in the belly and want. There's a few areas we need to improve. Um, uh, on the field, so and off the field, so we just gotta, we'll um, obviously review, review everything, and then go from there. So, does that review include your involvement? The fire is still in the belly, and um, yeah, I'm just gutted at the moment. Um, you know that, you know how we've ended ended this tournament, and and in the end, you know, if, I, I suppose who would have picked? We would have been playing Argentina in a quarter final. Um, uh, and, and, and you know, I don't. I think we have to review everything. Uh, and you know, funding and the likes. I mean, with your success at the Commonwealth Games, that would have helped. But I'm assuming not making the quarterfinals here will be noticed. So, coaches are always after extra games and those sorts of things, and I suppose more camps and and, and that. That that's something yet that you'd be looking at your wish list of how preparation is done for future tournaments. Uh, yeah, I mean now, uh, yeah, I mean, rightly so. Our our performance will be reviewed. Um, uh, you would hope we don't lose funding. Um, uh, you know, this team's had some pretty good results over the last uh, four or five years, and unfortunately, you know, we've had a, a bit of a hiccup, um, and the one that's hit us, this one, and not the one we wanted to, for it to be a hiccup, but it is. 
Um, and you know, I, I, st- I still have belief in this group, and this is a good group, and and they have the capabilities. So we, we played some good hockey. It's just that we weren't consistent today, um, and, and in the second half, and that that's probably the most uh, disappointing thing for all of us. Mark Hager talking to Barry Guy. And that wraps up another week of Extra Time. Remember, you can stay up to date with all of our sports stories at radioNZ.co.nz forward slash sport and check us out on Twitter at RNZ Sport. If you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to share, we're an email away at sport at radioNZ.co.nz. Thanks for listening. Hey Corner. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.